Hello, everyone. This is Scott Reichel, and this is the Betting Bay Area Podcast and Believe Podcast. Now we're the Bay Area's number one sports podcast. Now we're the only place to show up for a team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in your directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And you can find me personally at Reichel Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we're going to talk about the Golden State Warriors and some of their games coming up over the next couple of days from a betting perspective. Before we do all that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsor. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at the game this year, but you can still have a lot of action at Bet Online. I know personally I'm going to be a bit upset that I can't visit any of the actual stadiums in itself for the next couple of months because of COVID, but I will be looking forward to watching games. There's nothing more exciting than watching games while you have money on and hopefully uh, you can make some money here at Bet Online based on the game spreads, team totals, player props, and even coaching props. Bet Online is everything, and they have a ton of options alongside an online casino, so action never stops. So once again, head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. With a new year comes tons of new big games in sports. And with big games, you need big stakes. Kansas City Stakes has the cuts you crave to celebrate the playoffs and the big game. Visit KansasCitySteaks.com slash game day and save up to $25 on combos perfect for game day. Plus, get free shipping with the code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V at checkout. Try out the snack pack combo featuring small plates with big flavors, mini beef Wellington steak burgers sliders, mac and cheese melts, Shrimps wrapped in bacon. Every order is flash frozen, delivered directly to your home, satisfaction guaranteed, or your money back. Basically, every cut of steak imaginable, plus appetizers, desserts, barbecue, and so much more. Again, go to KansasCitySteaks.com slash game day and use the code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout for free shipping. Kansas City Steaks, big game, big taste. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ben and Barry Podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. And before we ended up going on break, we previewed what we're going to be doing for this week's show. Same thing as we've done the last couple of weeks, going through some Golden State Warriors games for the next week. However, unlike last week, this week we do have four games instead of three. So hopefully we can go through all of these with, I'd say, a decent amount of speed and talk about what exactly to expect for these games. But the first game we're we'll talking about is going to be between the Golden State Warriors and the New York Knicks taking place in Golden State. On uh, actually tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. So we're going to dive right in and talk about Golden State. Before we get into the actual matchups, we're going to be talking about what happened last week. Golden State, pretty solid week overall, ended up losing to the Nuggets by 10, but then ended up beating the Lakers and the Spurs at home. Lakers game was particularly impressive, ended up rallying from double-digit deficits pretty much in the entire first half and the third quarter and then ended up winning the game outright by two, and then ended up smacking the Spurs by 22 points yesterday. So hopefully that carries over in the second half of back-to-back against the Knicks. But time to dive in, talking about Golden State. First of all, just to talk about how Golden State has been able to pull out these victories lately. Mostly been because of the defense. I know that it gave up 113 points at the Lakers, but if you look at how it played deep in the fourth quarter of that game, the Lakers couldn't do anything. And the Warriors held the Lakers to just 49 second-half points, 21 in the fourth quarter. And that definitely helps out when Golden State scores 67 of its own points in the second half. But Curry led the way against the Lakers, ended up scoring 26 points. 3 for 12 from 3, so he did not shoot the ball particularly well. But he ended up looking pretty sharp late in the game. 
hit that big dagger three over Anthony Davis. That was definitely the backbreaker. And LeBron ended up missing the game-winning jump shot to end the game. Other than that, though, Kelly Oubre definitely stepped up, went 9 for 18, 23 points. Had a very solid game there. Andrew Wiggins at 18 points, had a very efficient uh, 7 for 11 shooting in that game. And Draymond Green had 7 points, 9 assists, and 8 rebounds. Hit that very big layup late in the fourth quarter. Whether it was a travel or not, separate story, but they didn't call it and it ended up being a pretty huge basket in that game. Other than that, though, Eric Pascal was very solid, ended up going 8 for 11 for 19 points. He's been great off the bench, and that's pretty much it. Golden State as a whole shot 50.6% from the floor, shot 75% from the foul line, and ended up committing 13 turnovers, which is a decent amount, but considering the fact the Lakers ended up turning it over 16 times, definitely was a huge reason why the Warriors won the game. And then transitioning over to the Warriors against the Spurs, pretty much was a sweat-free win the entire way through. Spurs were trailing by a bunch at halftime. Game was really never close, as Golden State was up by 19 points at the half and ended up coasting to a win there. Leading the way for the Warriors was Steph Curry once again. Uh, What else is new? He ended up having 26 points and 11 rebounds with 7 assists. Plus 30 in the plus-minus category, 4 for 8 from 3, 10 for 17 from the floor. He was fantastic. James Wiseman is very good as well. 20 points, 6 rebounds, 8 for 11 from the floor. Wiggins was 7 for 12, efficient as well. 18 points and 7 rebounds. Uh, surprisingly, had no blocks, which was kind of surprising because of the fact that he's been a block machine so far this season. Draymond had 9, 6, and 1. Uh, other than that, though, really, yeah, uh, Ubre once again was solid. Only went 4 for 11 from the floor, but did go 2 for 4 from 3, 16 points and 9 rebounds, and even forced a couple of turnovers as he had two steals recorded. So, overall, the Warriors seem to be clicking, which is definitely a good sign, and they will hopefully be able to take care of business once again against the Knicks in the second out of a back-to-back here on Thursday. But looking at the spread and the total for this matchup because of the fact that the game's later today, we have access to it. It's going to be the like it's going to be the uh, Warriors minus four and a half, and the total is currently at two fourteen and a half. So looking at this matchup here, uh, I like the Warriors. I know that the Knicks have been playing better lately. Knicks have been a pretty streaky team. They started the season off very well, ended up having a massive losing streak, and then won each of its last two games against the against Boston and Orlando. That Orlando game was particularly hideous, as it ended up totaling one hundred and seventy five points which was just disastrous to watch. But the issue I have with the Knicks is that this team simply can't score. Uh, the Knicks are averaging 106 point, 100.6 points per game, giving up 102.7. So it's been a very, very Thibodeau-style team as offense has been an issue. But defensively, this team clamps down. And Golden State averaging 112.3 points per game, giving up 114 points per game. But ever since Draymond came back, of course, the defense has been a lot better than that. So my thoughts on this matchup here. The issue I have with the Knicks, besides Julius Randle, who's had a great year uh, looking at his numbers. Randle, I don't know if he's been an all-star, but he's definitely playing himself into a potential reserve role in the all-star game because he's averaging 22.8 points per game and 11 rebounds per game with 6.1 assists. He's been fantastic. He's been very good. Burks has been injured for a while, so I'm not even going to count him. But Barrett is second, I guess, on the team in scoring with 17.1 points per game and 7.6 rebounds per game. Other than that, though, everyone else drops off a cliff. Third leading scorer is Emmanuel quickly off the bench. Or, or you have Alfred Payton as well, who's averaging 13.1 points per game, but he's only playing 29 minutes a game. Quickly is playing around 18 minutes a game. But after Barrett and Randall, this team scoring-wise just falls off a cliff. So 
I think the Warriors will be able to make some adjustments. I do think that Draymond will be matched up on Randall. I think Draymond will do pretty well in that matchup. And I think Barrett is pretty inconsistent with his shot. And I think he will struggle. Well, looking at Golden State, I just simply think this team right now has been playing some really good basketball. And I think that the Knicks will struggle in this trip to the West Coast. I do agree with the total move. as It has dropped to 214.5. I like the under. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Knicks score less than 100 points in this game. And the Warriors will win probably by about 7. But for that reason, I like the Warriors minus 4.5. And, and I also like the under 214.5. Other than that, though, looking at the next game on the calendar for the Warriors. And it should be a little bit more competitive. Uh, I know that this Knicks game, based on the spread, it should be close. But I just don't think the Knicks are very good. Next game, though, is going to be at Utah which is a very tough place to play, and Utah's also been pretty good so far this season. Now, Utah also plays tonight as it ends up playing the, as the uh, Jazz play the Pelicans tonight, but Utah is still 10-4 and overall, only 3-4 and at home, so it's been a lot better on the road, but still 10-4, and one of the best records in the Western Conference, won each of its last six games. I think Utah should be able to put together a nice game plan for Golden State in this matchup. I think it'll be very close. But looking at the numbers for Utah, Great defensively, giving up 105.1 points per game, averaging 111.1 points per game. And it's also averaging 49.6 rebounds per game. So Utah, with the likes of Gobert and company, have been dominating the boards, which has been a little bit of an issue for Golden State. Golden State's averaging 43.9 rebounds per game, so Utah should be able to clean up on the glass, and I do think that'll play a factor. However, Golden State should get into the pick and roll a lot with Gobert and force Gobert to guard on the perimeter, which he is absolutely terrible at doing. So I think Golden State could generate enough offense to keep this game extremely close. But at the end of the day, I think Utah will get the job done. I think Mitchell, Gobert, and company should be able to do enough in order to, I'd say, uh, produce enough offensive firepower to get the job done in this home game. Golden State, don't worry, I've been playing well, but when you play that many games and that many nights, I think fatigue will play a factor in the second half. But looking at Utah's numbers so far this season got to be impressed by the depth. Utah currently has six players averaging at least 10.4 points per game. So this team has been very, very deep, and that'll be a huge factor for this game. But Donovan Mitchell's averaging 23.5 points per game, team high with 4.9 assists. You have Jordan Clarkson off the bench, who's averaging 17.6 points per game. Mike Connolly is averaging 16.1 points per game and 6.3 assists per game. You got Boyan Bogdanovich, who is a three-point shooter. Uh, averaging 13.3, and you have Gobert, who's averaging 12.2 points per game and 13.6 rebounds per game, along with 2.7 blocks per game. So normal Gobert numbers, but I do think that Utah simply... It's 2021. People can acquire self-driving cars, eat burgers made out of plants, even fly to space and rocket ships if they have the money for it. So if you could do all this futuristic stuff today, the very least your phone could do is download entertainment in a flash. For that... You should get AT&T 5G. AT&T 5G is fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Want to make sure your phone service keeps up with what you need from it? Get AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan or device. 5G may not be available in your area. See AT&T.com slash 5G for you for details. He has a little bit too much uh, depth, and I think his defense is a little bit too solid for Golden State to handle, especially with having to play three games in four nights, which is a pretty uh, big deal uh, for rest purposes. So for that reason, I simply think there is going to be a decent amount of value here. Uh, Actually, no, sorry, that game is going to be on Saturday. My apologies. There is a little bit of rest involved, but I still like Utah in that spot. 
I think Utah should be able to win this game by probably about five, and I think they'll be able to get the job done. Now, looking at the next game on the card, it's actually going to be a back-to-back, as you have back-to-back games against the Memphis Tim- uh, against sorry the Minnesota Timberwolves. But before we get into that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ben Barrett Podcast here in the Believe Podcast Network. And before we end up going on break, we talked about the Golden State Warriors and their matchups against the New York Knicks and the Utah Jazz over the course of the next couple of days. But now, time to switch gears talking about what's going to be on the card for the early part of next week. You have back-to-back matchups between the Timberwolves and the Warriors, so we're going to dive right into it, talk about the matchup taking place on Monday. So we're going to dive in and talk about Minnesota first. This team is awful. 3-10 overall, start of the year 2-0, which means that the Timberwolves have lost 10 of its last 11 games, 10 of their last 11 games, really playing some awful basketball. And to make matters worse, uh, the Timberwolves blew a 10-point lead with three minutes to go against against the Magic yesterday and lost on a buzzer-beater three-pointer. So this team has been looking even worse. The season has progressed. You've had injuries. You've had COVID issues. Plus, you have Saunders, the head coach, and I think Saunders is awful. So you have arguably the worst coach in the entire league with one of the worst rosters in the entire league. Not exactly a good recipe. But looking at the injuries that I just talked about, or I just alluded to, you have Carl Anthony Towns, who had an injury earlier this year, which caused him to miss a couple games, and then he ended up coming down with COVID. So he's not going to be available. Towns averaging 22 points per game and 12.5 rebounds per game. So he is a huge contributor, and him being out, means that Minnesota probably is the worst roster in the entire league. D'Angelo Russell leading the team with 21.4 points per game and 5.6 assists per game. Been pretty decent, shooting over 41% from three, but only shooting 44% from the floor. He's also shooting just below 69% from the foul line. So for a guy who tries to get to the line a decent amount, not exactly a great free throw shooter. But overall, besides him, you have Malik Beasley has been pretty good so far this season. You also have the likes of Anthony Edwards, who is the number one overall pick, of course, who, in my opinion, has been a disaster. He's averaging 12.2 points per game off the bench, which sounds decent, but his efficiency has been non-existent. He's shooting 35.9% from the floor and 27.5% from the three-point line. Am I surprised? No. I saw him in the draft, and I thought that he was simply going to be the next, or at least a similar version of Andrew Wiggins, but a little bit worse. And that's exactly what he's looked like, because Wiggins, which is kind of ironic, because Minnesota just traded him to Golden State and then ended up drafting basically the same player in the following draft. I don't think Edwards is that good. I think he's a good athlete, but I don't think he's a great basketball player. And I think Minnesota is going to be struggling with him for the next couple of years. But you also have Nas Reed, uh, Jared Culver, who really hasn't developed either as a top 10 pick. You got a Kogi as a defensive specialist. This team is just a disaster. There's really no other way to talk about it. This team is just really, really bad. But anyway, that's besides the point. Uh, simply put, Golden State has a much better roster. I think that whether you look at D'Angelo Russell, even if Rubio hypothetically is able to come back, nobody can guard Curry on this team. And assuming Towns is still going to be out because of COVID, I just think this Minnesota team is going to get shelled. Uh, this team can't guard on the perimeter well. This team is awful defensively. The thing about Minnesota is that at least some teams in the league, like maybe a Sacramento, they can win games because even though their defense is terrible, they can actually score points. Minnesota this season is averaging 106.8 points per game, and it's allowing 116.2 points per game. So it's bad at both. Also can't rebound, only averaging 44.5 rebounds per game. And with Towns out as their best rebounder, this team has gotten killed on the glass. I just think that Golden State should smack this team. 
And the question is, can can Minnesota bounce back in the immediate rematch? And the answer is, I am not even sure. Because this Minnesota team is really bad. And I still find it really funny that people are trying to hype up D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns as a huge one-two punch. The issue is, this team isn't very good. Not really much else to say. I think Golden State should cover the spread in the first meeting. I don't know what the spread is going to be. But then looking at the second matchup here, I don't, the spread should be a lot higher because I do think Golden State will smack him in the opener. But other than that, though, I just simply think that the spread will jump probably around two points or so in between meetings, maybe a little bit less. But I'll link to Golden State in both. I simply think that Golden State is too much talent. And I think Golden State defensively should be able to shut down Minnesota's shorthanded offense. So once again, just to recap the four uh, matchups coming up for the next week for Golden State. I like, the, I like Golden State to cover the spread against the Knicks. I'll also lean to the under. I like the Jazz to cover the spread against the Warriors. And I like the Warriors to cover the spread in both meetings against Minnesota. Other than that, though, that's been the installment of the Ben and Bear podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. Good luck to all of you and your respective best today. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.